Welcome to the United Church of Heinsberg podcast on the second Sunday of Easter, 2020. We are a community-centered church in rural Vermont, celebrating together virtually during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. As an open and affirming church with ties to the American Baptist, United Methodist, and United Church of Christ denominations, we're glad you're here. I am Reverend Jared Hamilton, the pastor of UCH. For this episode, Sammy Angstman has provided us with two hymns in box invention number six in E major. Special thanks to Julia Grant for our gospel reading, which comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. There will be a short homily and service of morning prayer. Let's get started. This Sunday's Gospel lesson comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed onto them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name.
Among some communities of faith, the label preacher's kid has negative connotations. Preacher's kids are often defined by their relationship to their pastoring parent in some disparaging way. Sometimes they are portrayed as smug and self-righteous. Other times they are depicted as little hellions. It's a strange moniker in that perhaps outside of teachers, kids rarely get the label from their parents' occupation. There are no working and pervasive stereotypes of a dentist kid, auto mechanics kid, or realtor's kid. As a pastor and parent of three children, I worry about the label preacher's kid. I strive to give my children a normal childhood. And one of my greatest worries in life is that they will be treated differently because of my profession. I want them to make friends on their own, and I don't want parents to worry that if they drop their kids off at our house, we are going to try to baptize them or offer them communion after supper. But my children have grown up in church and around faith, and there are beautiful moments when this upbringing shines. A few years ago, we were running late one Wednesday morning, late for school and daycare, late to get the day going. In a mad rush, I was taking orders from my kids. Can I have cereal? No, not that cereal. The other one. No, never mind. Not cereal. A bagel. Can I have orange juice? Actually, I don't want orange juice. I want milk. Daddy, I don't want that packed in my lunch. Dad, can you get my socks from upstairs? I forgot them. Dad, 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 dad. And I burst. Guys, back off. I only have two hands. Be patient and lower your voices. I yelled this, of course. And then I proceeded into my weekly lecture about getting up when you're supposed to, about being kind and patient to one another in the morning, and taking care of your responsibilities, all with a raised voice. And there was silence. And then my young daughter stood up on her chair at the table and yelled, Peace be with you, and also with you. Let us pass the peace. These words put out the fire that morning. Peace be with you. And it's still a running gag in our household. Whenever family time gets a little tense, especially in the morning, someone will yell, Peace be with you. And also with you, let us pass the peace. These words have been said a few times uh, these last several weeks during the pandemic. In today's gospel lesson, the, go the disciples are hiding in a locked room after the crucifixion of Jesus and rumored resurrection. For them, the resurrection is still just a rumor because they have seen the empty tomb and they have heard a report from Mary, but had not yet seen Jesus in the flesh. The disciples are hiding in this room because they are afraid. Perhaps they are fearful of the authorities. After all, their leader has just been rounded up and killed. Maybe they wondered if they were next. Some biblical scholars think that they were afraid of Jesus. If he was alive, the disciples could be in trouble. When Jesus was arrested, they all scattered and denied 
leaving their leader and friend to face death alone. But then, amid his disciples, in this locked room, Jesus appears, and his first words to them are, Peace be with you. And our text says that he breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit like a little Pentecost. And he talks to them about forgiveness of all things. I think of Jesus breathing on his disciples as a big sigh. Jesus and his closest friends have been separated and undergone pain and grief. Jesus sighs in relief, the type of sigh we will have when we see loved ones after a time apart, the kind of sigh our bodies will naturally express when we can see loved ones in person after the pandemic has lifted and we can hug one another again. Jesus then leaves his stunned and hopeful disciples. But Thomas was not there to witness these events. When the disciples tell him about their experience with the risen Christ, Thomas states that he wants the same experience as everyone else, to see Jesus in the flesh. Later, Jesus appears again with the same words, Peace be with you. And Thomas believes. The gospel lesson concludes with a nod to the rest of us that believe something important happened after Jesus' death, saying, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. We get the phrase doubting Thomas from this passage. Likely, though, our story has very little to do with faith and doubt. Instead, it's about this mini Pentecost, this holy sigh, where the disciples receive the Holy Spirit and new holy orders. If the disciples were hiding because they feared Jesus, this is important. How would the risen Lord meet those that had abandoned him in his greatest hour? He meets them with words of blessing. Peace be with you. Those words lay to rest the worries of Jesus' disciples that evening. It was an offer. You are forgiven. And it was also a challenge to go forgive others. In verse 23, Jesus tells his disciples that if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Here, Jesus is teaching Forgiveness is a choice. It can be given or it can be withheld. He does not ask his disciples to forgive everyone every wrong. Instead, he tells them to offer forgiveness like he offers forgiveness. Many of us today are in situations where staying home and staying safe means being family together all the time. There's something incredible to this, and I've found moments of pure joy and experiences that will stay with me forever. But being together all the time limits outlets for personal space, individual play, and decompression. Boundaries, personal and other, are often trespassed 
stepped on or popped when we are together this much. Sometimes small things like not replacing the toilet paper roll, if you still have toilet paper these days, can set off a cascade of frustration, anger, and rage aimed at the only people around. The parallels to our gospel story abound. The disciples, too, had locked themselves in, fearful of what lay outside. Imagine the smelliness of 11 first century men in one room, and the odd couple arguments about Peter's sandals being left in the middle of the floor again, and Andrew leaving out the milk. More to the point, imagine the stress and anxiety moving through every person there. Would they make it out of the city alive? How would they return to their jobs and families? Imagine the finger-pointing and the second-guessing that erupted from time to time. And even if they had grown to love one another, there were times when irritations boiled over into harsh words, sulking, and threats. The Greek word used in our passage for forgiving and forgiveness is interesting because outside of our scriptures, the term was used to describe the action of releasing something or letting something go. And because most of my media consumption is Disney-related these days, the song from Frozen called Let It Go comes to mind as one way of understanding this concept. Forgiveness is this way of letting go of something, not holding it back, not allowing it to fester or become some form of resentment. Growing our capacity to forgive others is a vital tool during this time. Asking to be forgiven when our sharp corners have pressed and poked those around us is mandatory. Life is altered, and our usual roots and rhythms are gone. We are all learning how to make the best of this situation, but we are still learning what those best ways are. So be gracious with one another during this time and forgive often. Acknowledge those moments when frustration is building and sigh a holy sigh. Peace be with you and also with you. Let us pass the peace. Amen. God of great wonders, we join with you in continued celebration of the love and hope of our Easter faith. Through the story of Jesus' resurrection, we are reminded that there is no place where your love cannot reach, and even in death, you bring streams of new life. Because of the pandemic, we continue to be away from each other, separated from our communities and loved ones. Comfort us and give us hope as we await a time when we can see each other again face to face. Be with those in power, and all who hold authority over others. 
Give them strength and wisdom and your sense of justice so all may be cared for and treated with dignity during this time. Be with our communities that work diligently to stay connected and foster relationships in new ways. Be with first responders and medical personnel that work on the front line of this outbreak. Keep them healthy in mind and body and give them all due rest. Be with those that are ill and all in distress. Use the pain of those suffering and be present with those that are dying. Comfort families that cannot be with sick loved ones now. And be with us. There are people and places on our hearts and minds right now. Hear our prayers and petitions during this moment of silence. Keep us through all of these challenges and give us some new way of living out your story of new life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Life is short, and we do not have long to gladden the hearts of those around us. So be quick to love and do good to your neighbor and allow God to journey with you all of your days. Go now in peace.